0: SecondCityHockey.com. Here's
1: Marv LaGrone over the line, fire! Marv! Yes! Marv! a here we go! Jackson moving right and on the shot, but oh Marv did it again! University of North Dakota, Jonathan Taves. Commit to us. Commit to the Jersey. Commit their people here. The, man, Havla, the shot back, oh, oh. well, so drives, it in And now it's in the net score! It's it's, it. It. it's, it's, the, score. it's it. the Hawks win it's the it. Stanley Cup! The Hawks win the Stanley Cup! And in! comes Zebrak with his job, he's Hello and welcome to Monday Morning Deep Dish. My name is Shepard Price and with me today, as always, our uh, LDR. Hi. And Mel. Hey, what's up? Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the last four teams standing in the NHL playoffs. Uh, we're recording this before the first game on Sunday night. So, oh, wait, no, we're recording it during the first game because it wasn't yeah. a Sunday night. It's a Sunday afternoon.
0: Yeah. New York is up one goal currently on Tampa for anybody wondering the exact timing.
1: Yes. So there you go. Uh, so we're going to talk about those last four teams.
0: Um, okay, let's jump right in and talk about something I know people on second city always are talking about, which is how big are those teams? (laughs) Cause you know, people love to be like, "Oh, look how big some team is. And, um, I just wanted to point out that it's like a pretty good split between them because you've got two teams that are bigger than average and then two teams that are right at average for the NHL. Can you guys guess which are the two big ones?
1: Montreal and New York. No. Really?
0: No, it's Vegas and Tampa. They're the two bigger teams. I was surprised too. So New York – has if you're going by defense every one of these four teams has a defense that's over 200 you know over averaging 205 which is above average for a defender in the nhl now which is like 201 you know so decent size over but tampa's defense is by far the biggest um they weigh in at 223 they are some hefty boys and then it's vegas and then montreal then new york but forwards is more interesting because all of them except for Vegas have like well below average forward core groups. Vegas is at 202, then New York is 197, Tampa is 194 and Montreal is 192. And these are for their playoff rosters and I included everybody who played at least 5 games or more. So if somebody got like two games here or there, so no Dylan Sakura bringing down Vegas or something uh, like that. So yeah. So it looks like like an interesting dynamic of Vegas is the most like balanced between forward and defense and then the others have small forwards with big defense.
1: Yeah. And I, th- I think I think part of the size for those two bigger teams is like a little bit un- lo- low key, but it's also like big, big, big players making up like making up for like smaller players. Like on Vegas, you have Jonathan Marchessault in Tampa Bay. You have Braden Point, but you also have in Tampa Bay uh, Pat Maroon, and in Vegas you have Ryan Reeves on the ice. Um, so those big hefty guys kind of make up for those the, the smaller guys on the team.
0: Yeah, and I mean. Tampa added some size and Tampa's pretty physical in terms of their forwards. So the fact that they're, you know, a below average forward size, but their forwards are actually pretty physical in terms of forechecking and hitting. um, I think it's interesting. It's an interesting thing because their defense isn't that physical, but their forwards are. So it's like the opposite of what you like, what the like people who love to be like, Oh, size is super important. Actually it's their smaller forwards that are like, getting the job done when it comes to the physicality when you're when you're talking about not just hits, when you're talking about for checking and board battles and stuff like that, to me.
2: Yeah, I don't yeah. think size and physicality necessarily go together in all cases.
0: No, and that's that's like the biggest point we always try to make. There was just a comment recently about how the biggest teams are in the final four and it's like, well, the biggest Maybe the biggest defenses are in the final four. I actually don't know how big some of these other defenses were. I I didn't calculate all of the team, just these
2: final. Just to be honest with you guys, like, unless I'm at a game and somebody's, like, obscenely big and noticeable, I don't really pay attention to the size anymore. It's, like, irrelevant. Right, unless, like, unless you're Zdeno Chara-sized, like, Nick Hague is. It's, like, yeah, Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like an example for me is I remember I never sit downstairs at the UC just because I don't have any money and I don't really care anyways. uh, I like sitting upstairs, but my boss took me to a game once. It was the first time I saw Victor Svedberg up close. And I was like, oh man, like this guy's huge, but like he wasn't good. So it didn't matter. He's just imposing.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the thing we always talk about on these is you go with skill first If skill happens to be combined with size, even better. But if it's not, you take skill.
2: Yeah, Tampa is a team, and Vegas as well, who are skilled enough, and they play in a style where the 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 being big doesn't like uh, hinder them anyway. But it also doesn't like you know it's not like they have to be big to play those styles. It just happens to be part of their roster because we have guys on the Hawks who are big who maybe would be better, but the system doesn't serve that.
0: Yeah. I mean, the perfect, like the Tampa is really good in transition, but they do what like the Hawks used to do, which is the defenders are passing out. They're not skating it out as much. Um, it's up to the forwards to go in with speed a lot of times. Um, and there doesn't need to be as much maneuverability with some of those bigger defenders. So size is good, but mostly it's their puck handling skills that are making them so useful in transition, not their
2: side. Yeah, yeah. It's like the red wedding line or host Assad Taves type stuff where your first forward into the zone is really important, but these guys are making
1: outlet passes and it's just fast, like right tape to tape. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that speed is way more important than today's NHL. And I think that's a, it's an, it's a noticeable trait on like every team of who's actually the fastest there. Well, you know, I just like wrote about this the other
2: day with Keith. So I was talking about how when the Hawks, before they brought in Q, they were pinching in so deep and they were getting burned because they weren't set up for the way the league was shifting until all these guys came up the next year. Um, and now it's kind of like another level of speed. Like the Hawks were the fast team during their time. And now Tampa is just, just they're just burning everybody. It's crazy. Yeah. Yep.
0: Um, well, speaking of let's, do you guys want to go into like the, The dive of uh, like stats across the board, because one of the things that, again, like last I think it was like right before the playoffs started last year, there were a bunch of people talking about, well, the very best statistical team doesn't always win. And that's like the misnomer when it comes to stats that the best stats team doesn't have to win, because if we're talking about shot stats and stuff like that, that was Colorado. And as we know, Colorado got beat by Vegas. Does that mean that stats aren't telling the whole story? No, because Vegas was also an extremely good statistical team. When you put two very good statistical teams together, it's a coin flip. You know, it's who's right. who's, who's implementing their system the best, who has the players stepping up the best, who's maybe possibly being coached the best, Um any one of any of those things could impact when two very, very good statistical teams come together. It doesn't matter how they were ranked originally. It matters how they are in that series.
1: Yeah, exactly. And these the, the final four teams remaining are eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh in terms of expected goal share this season. Well, Colorado
2: too is kind of having that not like they can't get over the hump, which Tampa kind of suffered from for a while. Yeah. Um And, and so like, it's not like, Oh, like, you know, they'll be okay obviously until unless they have to start losing guys or whatever is unless they can replace some of those guys. But uh, like you said, Vegas is just that good too. It's not like they, Oh, the stats slide. Like, no, it's just, they played a great team.
0: Yeah. And and I, I think goaltending helped a little bit too, because while Grubauer was really good in the first few games, I think, flurry was better in the rest of the series
2: flurry does not get enough credit over the span of his career for how good he is
0: and he's
1: he's been up and down he's been a roller he's been a hell of a roller coaster
0: yeah he, it's because of that going back and forth stuff he should win the vesna this year but he won't probably well
2: that's him. like yeah <laughs> they always give that away to whatever crawford should probably have a couple vesnas and <laughs> I, don't
0: know if, I don't know if crawford should have a vesna but he probably should have at least been nominated um, yeah, Crawford had a little bit of a Lundqvist thing going on where he was always consistently good, but not necessarily consistently the best in any given season. Um, I and, mean, there were, like there he was, were, he
1: had, he had top five seasons. Well, yeah,
0: exactly. He had top five, but not necessarily top I, but I guess I the
2: say, individual awards depends on if you think it matters how good the team did. You know what I mean? It's one of those.
0: Yeah. But even if you, so Crawford was always better in the playoffs too, which, like, he was great in the regular season, but I always felt like he always stepped up when the—anytime t- the team lagged, Crawford was there to, like, pick up their jockstrap, essentially. He was like, fine, I'll do it, but you guys got to get, like, back on the thing. It was always, like, one game out of every, like, eight that they faced in the playoffs. Crawford was like, you're not as good as you usually are, especially— I mean, when- shit,
2: he won them that game against Vegas.
0: yeah. Exactly, and he stole a couple of games in two thousand and fourteen. I think if they'd gotten past the Kings, Crawford should have gotten the Smythe because I don't think they should have gotten past like he carried them against like St Louis right? I,
2: I have a weird opinion on that. I think he should have gotten it in thirteen because i I think Kane's best playoff if they would have went to the final would have been fourteen. He was on a tear like that when when they started suffering and they put him with with sod and Shaw that was incredible
0: i would agree if 2013's team hadn't like Crawford had the, like the lightest workload the entire 2000 of any of the playoff um, goalies that got past the first round, he just didn't face as high a quality, but he did steal steal a couple of games, especially in the red wing series when the Hawks weren't playing as well as they should have. So it's kind of like, they're
2: so balanced. They just gave it to the star.
0: Yeah. I, it was one of those, those season, those playoff runs that it could have been like, how can you give an MVP to a team that is just so good from, from goalie on out versus like in 2014, I actually like, I thought Kane was doing really well towards the end, but I don't think he was as good across the thing that, that Crawford was. I think Crawford from puck drop was great.
2: That's fair. Um, I mean, they kind of played with their food in those first couple of rounds. and didn't look so great.
0: Yeah. And then Crawford was there like, boom. (laughs) Yeah. I think is what Vasilevsky is doing for Tampa a little bit. Tampa has looked good, but they they haven't looked like they're in their gear that they were before. Like like, like you said, playing with their food almost.
2: Yeah, Tampa kind of like they have this extra gear, but you never know really when they're going to go to it. It's weird.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, New York just scored a second goal against them in the third (laughs) period
2: yeah like they had games where they let Carolina score a bunch on them too, and then they came around. Right, it's so weird
0: um what about you, Shepard? What do you think about?
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry, we're getting off track <laughs> yeah, I think it's a it's a thing where you have to play into a good system, but you also have to have the- the roster talent that plays that system, and you also just especially in the playoffs, these are like four of the best goaltenders or four of the best goaltending systems in the league Mm -hmm. at this point that are left. Carey Price has not been that good in the the regular seasons, but like, you know how playoff Paul George is a joke because playoff Paul George doesn't actually exist and he gets worse. Playoff price is a real thing. Carey Price steps it up um, and he has stepped it up this season, uh, at least this postseason.
0: And Um, when you say systems playing with their goaltenders, Montreal does such a good job of, so they're in the regular season, people will be surprised, but Montreal was technically the best of these four at preventing quality against their expected goals against was top five in the league. Um, Tampa was sixth. Vegas was like in the bottom twenties, which I thought was weird. Um, But top five at preventing quality chances against is pretty impressive from a team like Montreal when people don't really think they're very good, um, especially with their goaltending, what they are. But what I've noticed watching them is they do a good job of preventing chances in close, but they also don't give a lot of second chances. And Price does such a good job, at least in the playoffs so far, of directing those second chances out of the danger area.
1: Yeah. And New York is set up to be a good – goaltending system too that they just faced a tougher division than than Canada did
0: yeah and Canada was so the Canadian division was so weird because they were all you had two really high offense teams you know you had Toronto and you had Edmonton and really Edmonton was really just McDavid and Dreisaitl doing what McDavid and Drysidel do while Toronto was like had at least two lines worth of um quality scores, but then they had such bad goaltending in that division across the board yeah. so
2: minus like winnipeg who that was the guy who kept them in the playoffs
0: exactly and then you have montreal who is a good defensive team but they're actually not a very good scoring team even their quality chances was like a little bit like they're not terrible but they weren't great either they, they had like one of the lowest shooting percentages in the league. Their PDO, as a result, was like ninety-eight in the regular season.
2: Yeah, and they got to turn yeah. that power play around if they want to win any games against
0: Vegas.
1: And and then they they added two really good, or they added a oh, really good scorer in Cole Caulfield this postseason, and that's helped elevate the play of Nick Suzuki. And then yes, for yes, Barry Cotton and Yami's back and exactly. playing well.
0: And yeah. it's like it's what you want for the Hawks, you know, like these young players step in and they let their talent shine, like let them play. And it's funny because at the beginning of the playoffs, Suzuki was in the lineup, but the other two weren't. And their reasoning was, was we want, they wanted experience. And it was like a team that can't score very well. And you want to keep out two young scorers that seems counterproductive. And then, they almost lost, you know, they got down 3-1 and they put Caulfield back in the game before that, like in game three. Mm-hmm. And then every one of those three players you just mentioned helped, like they each factored into a goal or three <laughs> in defeating the Leafs. So it's just, it's let your talent speak. It doesn't have to necessarily be the most experienced, but let your talent do what they need to do. Um And in that case, it helped them score because that's the one thing that they struggled with Montreal did. So Montreal is cool because it's like, what were their questions going into the playoffs? Can they score? Well, turns out maybe they can if they let their kids play. Will their goaltending not suck? And look at this, Carey Price. Yeah. Being Carey Price up for the first time in like years.
1: Montreal's roster is the weirdest thing to me because everybody's either over 30 or under 22.
0: Yes. (laughs) You're so split.
1: Yeah, it's the thing with, like,
2: uh, Montreal and, like, mirroring the Hawks is they're very different rosters. But, like you said, uh, Caulfield, uh, Kakuniemi, and Suzuki, who Suzuki's a guy I actually really like a lot. Um, if the Hawks can do something like that with some of their young guys, have a scoring line, then you can get, like, how they get the secondary scoring from Tyler Toffoli. He doesn't have to be any kind of star. You can do that with the Hawks' older players, minus Kane, who's going to keep doing this thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't need Jonathan Taves to score forty goals. Like, you know, if, you just, Kubel, if you have if you yeah, if you have and like Kurochev with him, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he's going to do what he does. And it's, I mean, hopefully, and it's like that's that's like a great example of that. It's like let the young guys score, but the Hawks have to be able to set up and cycle in their own zone for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I mean the offensive zone rather.
0: Yeah, and these all these teams are when you're talking about rush and forecheck because. <clears throat> You know, the Blackhawks had a problem with scoring almost entirely off the rush. They rushed a lot because they can't couldn't cycle. They couldn't set up. And they got all their chances off the rush. And they, they didn't actually, they had what you would consider, like what did Corey, what was his category called? Wasted offense for the Blackhawks? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's where they sat? Well, yeah. Montreal and Vegas score both ways, essentially. Um, Montreal is more average. Like they are like right, almost right in the center of those little categories while Vegas scores a little bit more off the rush than they do off the four check. And then the Tampa, which is a fast speedy team, actually scores more off the four check. Yeah. They're
1: Only- one of the best cycling teams in the league. Yeah.
0: Yep. But you'd think with their speed that they'd score more off the rush, but no, they don't have to because they're so good at cycling. And then New York, obviously they score mostly off the four check, um, really there, but they're closer to average, and they're sub-average on um, the rush. And the only, team, the only players that really do is Barzell, obviously, because he's really the only really quick player on um, New York. Yeah. But
2: mm-hmm. Well, different. Tampa, this is what the Hawks used to do, too, is like you said, their forecheck's so good that if they can tilt the ice a little bit and get a face-off in the offensive zone, even if they lose the draw, which they're pretty good in the dot, their four check is insane. So it's like a lot of times they're getting teams to cough up the puck down there.
0: Yeah. And this is a perfect example of, again, somebody in the second city comments said something about how Vegas beat Tampa with their four check, not Tampa, uh, Colorado, Colorado was the best four checking team in the league. They were also the best off the rush. So they just were really good at everything, but they were one of the best at four checking and they were good at that in the series. Vegas stopped Colorado by taking away their neutral zone play. And it was so yep. smart. And, but, but it wasn't the thing that people are like, oh, they like out hit them. Like, you know, they like just pulverized them. No, no. They sat up in the neutral zone and just made them not be able to get in the zone and set up properly. And it was yeah, like
1: past game one, the Vegas defensemen were just the better defensemen in the series. And that's what mattered.
0: Yeah there's zone entry, something the Blackhawks don't do and don't do it all by design for some, prevent zone entries. And then you look at Vegas is like, we're going to take that away completely. And it just made outside of sod uh, nobody on Colorado could get in well, you know, like past that first game, it was really hard for them to, to get in off the rush or set up. And then you, you know, that's a Vegas is just a better balanced team than you would give the people, give them credit for. Um, and I thought everything that they did was really smart. And I don't know if that was coaching. Cause I know Shepard has thoughts about coaching.
2: Well, DeBoer is smart enough to recognize that they need to take away those zone entries. He's not like totally adept. He got the sharks to a final.
1: Yeah. yeah, But he kept Ryan raising the lineup longer than he should have been. And he put him right back in the, in the lineup. And well, that's, four, which is,
2: yeah. That's that like old Canadian, like, mentality of like we got to have like Q used to do that with guys and i was like dude get these guys out of the friggin lineup
0: he was at least smart enough to go my defenders are very good at neutral zone play and this type of this type of play that needs to happen against this team and set them up to do that which some coaches just don't do enough of Um, at least
2: reeves could sort of move though it's not like brandon bollick bad Uh, yeah actually
0: with the
2: penalties <laughs> well, yeah, but with those the are penalties. like I feel like I feel like Colorado and Vegas get the worst out of each other with like the red asses. Like I had both fans of both teams in my Twitter feed, like bitching about each other's teams, and I'm like this is just like th- this is going to be a big rivalry. Like this is just how it is because Vegas is not usually that bad with penalties either. Yeah, you know,
0: that's true. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. He- so, do you want to? If you had to guess which team was the best rush team out of these final 4, who would it be?
1: Uh, Montreal. Not, not New York.
0: <laughs> it's Vegas.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, that was sense. that was the second guess. I was I was thinking because you were saying guessing.
0: Yeah, it Montreal was, was second. An
1: odd one. Yeah. Um that makes
0: sense. New York's obviously last.
2: Um <laughs> <laughs> That's all I knew. I was like it's not the Islanders. <laughs>
0: um and then Tampa is weird because they actually came, they were like slightly below average scoring <laughs> off the rush, but they also didn't have Sam Kose or Kucherov, who are, you know, Kucherov is one of the best off the rush in the league um, yeah. and has been on the playoffs. Uh, I so, feel like the
2: numbers are so weird this year, though, because of the strict divisional play.
0: I mean, this isn't that different from last year for Tampa. Tampa was better off the four check, too. They're just so fast getting into the zone and setting up that. It maybe makes people think that they're better. And a lot of their highlight goals are like, ooh, look at him speed in and that kind of stuff. But
2: yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. The highlights but, are always misleading. It's like the goalie's
1: making the spectacular save, but they're super out of position. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but that's like, that's why the Tampa Bay power play is so good is that their cycling is on a, that even strength is like just practice for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's the one I was sitting there thinking that I know a lot of models right now have it's just outrageously in favor of Tampa. And I kept thinking, well, I get that. I do. But what if you took like, what if you take away the power play? Like if, if somehow New York, that is a good defensive team and had a top five I think they were six on the PK so a top six yeah. penalty kill and their goaltending's doing pretty good if they neutralize how good Tampa's power play is and make it strictly a five-on-five five situation I don't know I think I think New York could do something I think the Islanders could do what everybody wants to see happen which is Tampa go out
2: I mean yeah. I think uh I think to be honest, it goes back to what you were saying about speed. It's like most teams, not every team, but most teams have problems with Tampa with the penalties because Tampa's so much faster than them they can't neutralize it De- The defensive uh, system that the Islanders play in is set up to try to prevent that.
0: It reminds me of the when the Blackhawks got swept by Nashville, yeah. I don't think Nashville was a very fast team then. I don't think they were really that good a team then. I mean, they were good, but they weren't, like, that good. They weren't so good they should have swept the Hawks. Um, and I don't well, think
2: – But LaVillette designed – he designed his defense to stop zone entry.
0: He, they set up such a perfect counterpoint to the Blackhawks. And I think New York is a much better team than that Predators team was. Oh yeah. And Tampa is obviously way better than that Blackhawks team was because that was, like – a mediocre at best Blackhawks team. They were better than that sweep indicated, but they weren't great as a team in general.
2: Yeah. Their win record that year was so misleading.
0: Crawford carried that team like, and, and Panarin and Kane doing their thing. But yeah, but overall they were statistically a subpar to mediocre team at best. Um,
2: You guys want to laugh real quick. I had tickets for that playoff series, but they were for game five. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh damn.
0: (laughs) I almost Hi. went to the I almost went to the Nashville games, but I had like psyched myself out because the last two games I had gone to, they had lost, and I was like, "What if I'm a jinx?" <laughs> yeah,
1: well, yeah, it turns show- out you weren't the jinx. They, <laughs> no, it just, wasn't. It wasn't. They were gonna lose. Tech. yeah, they were. They lost those games yeah. anyway. Yeah. I had shows the two home
2: games, so like it's fine because I don't play like the whole game, so I can sit on my laptop and like watch it. But I was like, "Oh, it's okay. We got nothing going on for Game Five. We get the tickets, and then they just have no chance. And they could have won the one game at least. In
0: overtime. It, there were two games that the Blackhawks probably could have won or should have won. Maybe um,
1: was it? There was like a one-zero game to start the series, right?
0: There were yeah, and there were. Yeah. I, I remember correctly, and I might be just lying, but the Blackhawks were <laughs> statistically better in two games and some of that might've been score effects. Yeah.
2: Their shooting percentage was also shit.
0: It really was. Um, so. Rare. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, okay. Who, who on these teams are you think if, if any of these teams make it pretty far, who do you think could be a con might for each of them? If you had to guess.
1: So I, I have guesses on who should be and who, who probably will be. Who um, yeah, does? Uh, Vegas, it should be Marchessault. It'll probably be for Fleury. I don't think Fleury was the best player in that series against Colorado. I do think Marchessault was. Um, and I think that, and his goal in series one was what like set Vegas up, like in action against Minnesota. Um, so it should be Jonathan Marchessault. Uh, in Montreal, it's going to be Carey Price and probably should be Carey Price. And... Um, and in New York, it's probably going to be maybe Semyon Varlamov. It should be John Gabriel Pedro. Uh oh, Pedro. He's just yeah, he's just like a third line player, which is probably why he's not going to be it. But he's he's their points leader. Uh, and then um, Tampa Bay, it shouldn't be Kucherov. They'll probably be Kucherov. Is Headman's hurt?
0: I think they'll give it to. Him. Vasilevsky if you want to know the truth and they should yeah I think he's been better than any of their forwards Kudra is great because he's like you know he's got like 18 points in 11 games but I I, I would like to point out that when when there were rumors back when we were trading Anisimov and they were like oh they're trying to get somebody from the Sims and I kept going oh but I want I I want Paginu and everybody was like why and I was like because he's so good I love him and then he never came to the Hawks and I was very sad yeah I'm
2: with you on that
0: I wanted him so badly for
2: the Hawks. I think it's weird because today's the start of the third round. So we have like the second half of the playoffs still to determine like the Con Smythe winner. Yeah. Um, And I think the guy that's going to have to be the most important for Vegas is going to be stone. Cause like go, going into these next two rounds, if they go all the way, like he's, he he might not have the points to get the Con Smythe at the end of the day, but he's just like, Doing the two-way thing so well.
0: I mean, yes,
1: but he's 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 arguably not not even the most important player on his line because Max already has been far more important.
2: Yeah, for possibly. I mean, Vegas has so many good players too. It's like one of I, the, the thing I've noticed recently is they just give the cons mice to whoever like the star is. Like, I feel like there's guys who shouldn't have gotten it, but like they got it because they were
1: like the guy. Does Didn't Sidney Crosby win it back to back years when he absolutely shouldn't have won either of them? In no, I think something.
2: He, he won. No, he, the, the second time it was fine because they didn't have mm-hmm. a guy who stood out but Malkin. Kessel should test Kess, now nah, Kessel should have it was it was Kessel and Malkin those were the two guys who should have won the I ordered uh game one of that final in 17 I ordered the white Crosby jersey with the final patch and I said they're winning this in six in this jersey and he's getting the cons slice. and my gamble paid off for the first time ever because I could never <laughs> guess that stuff right but I just uh, and since then it's been like Crosby Crosby Ovechkin uh Ryan O'Reilly but that was an anomaly screw the that was the worst Stanley Cup final of all time uh last year was headman right yeah yeah so it's like is ryan o'reilly even that good though
0: i thought he deserved it um i thought career
2: wise he- i mean
0: no but he had a yeah. very good playoffs and tarasenko was like he came in hurt and I yeah, don't- he was
1: like not good because he was messed no. up yeah O'Reilly's I a just, really good two, two-way center, though. He's
2: he's good at what he does. He's a good player, but I just mean, I feel like that's going to be a trivia question one day that somebody's going to get wrong somewhere. <laughs> who won the con Smythe in 2019?
0: Yeah, but there was nobody else. So I think you're right that they do give it to the star if a team is like, who can be your MVP? Like, you can make so many um, arguments. Like, 2013 is a perfect example. Like, if Corey Crawford had won Conn Smythe, everybody would have like, yeah, that's great. Patrick Kane winning. I think tapes could have won, you know, like...
2: Yeah, 15 was the only Hawks year where it was, like, clear-cut.
0: Yeah, you were obviously, like, Keith is doing, like, three defenders work right now, you know? Like
2: Well, yeah, their third pairing was, like, Kyle Kamisky and David Rundblad. And TVR got in there, I think. I was like, what the fuck?
0: They and then, won? And then when Oduya, like, was, like, had a his arm was completely done and it was like, okay, now you're just being silly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like poor Michael Rosenwell, like broke his like ankle in half.
0: <laughs> yeah. ankles shouldn't go that.
2: <laughs> people were the next year. They're so harsh on him. Like this dude almost like lost his foot out there.
0: Yeah. Poor guy. He didn't even get to go. Like he didn't even um, get to Tampa, not Tampa, back to Chicago in time. So like, he didn't even get to go out on the ice when they were doing the cup stuff. He had to do it later. And he had his little, like, a little little bicycle they give.
2: <laughs> yeah, with the one you like scooter thing.
0: Yeah, and it was Aww. like, oh.
2: poor Roosevelt. <laughs> he was serviceable. He ate the Hawks up in 2012.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was that's one of those things where you're like, he was a good fit for the way that Q wanted that bottom pairing to play, from yeah start to finish. So give him credit for that, even if he was slow as fuck.
2: Well, do you guys remember, like, because, like, I obviously didn't know each other th- during these finals, but, like, uh, just you knew, like, Duncan Key is getting a half hour tonight, like, going into the game. Like, yeah. Quenville just would ride it. And he, he never, like,
1: faltered. Like, he just did his thing. Yeah. He's arguably the most important block off from 2010, from the, during the, the cup run. Yeah. Years. I, I said that
2: uh, in the piece I wrote. I was like, you know, he's not the Kane or Taves, but, like, If without him, they do they build those teams, you know?
0: I mean, they're the big three, you know? And arguably, if they ever made like a statue and they could only, they can't fit all of the core on there. And even because people are weird and they don't even want to put Seabrook on there, you have the three and you have Keith in the middle because he's the most important. You're like, here's Keith and then Taves and Kane. And that could be your your thing. Yeah,
2: I feel like they'll probably do some kind of like, Ring of Honor group thing because of all the guys that won three. Yeah, but but that's, that's just my, like, thinking way, because hope. of the... Yeah, just because the way the organization is, is, like, they're gonna worship those teams for a long
0: time. Yep.
2: Yeah, sometimes to a fault.
0: I mean, they should. They were... I was talking this, like, in... Again, I talk in the comments of Second City all the time, and people love to focus on like one playoff and go, this is how you win. And it's like, no, every, every year is somewhat different. Like there's rarely been back-to-back teams that win the same way. And even the two pins teams didn't win the same way. You know, one team was actually way more physical. The other team was like, not (laughs) like their physicality stats were different. The way they won was different. They had to go through two different, um, Latang was gone for one of them, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. It,
2: you didn't even play at all in the playoffs. The one it goes
0: back and forth, but the Blackhawks in 2010, and especially in 2013 were like the rise of modern hockey, you know, this like you need to be fast and skilled yeah. and that kind of thing. And even though LA came in and won as a big team, they were also still fast and skilled. They just used their skills a different way. And it's the, the Chicago team should be like, we should just be really happy that we got to see them and hope that they can recapture that. I hope that they can. I mean. Okay. So speaking about the, the Blackhawks and how we hope that they recapture glory, let's look at the final four teams and like, pick something out of each of them and you don't have to do them all at once. If you don't want to, we can go by team Um, that you're like, that is something I hope the Hawks can do, can get, do better at whatever you want to whatever of any of these teams. So if you guys want to, we can start with like Montreal, what is something from Montreal that you look at and you go, I hope the Hawks can capture something like that from it.
1: I, it, it's hard enough to sit to look at their youth and say them, not say their youth.
0: Yeah. I actually agree completely. I hope that you go, even if they don't win, you look at this and go, they're riding a lot on their youth. Let the kids play for the Hawks.
2: Yeah. I, I think I'll just add, like there's been some games where like we were saying earlier, that the defense really did a good job of, of lightening the workload for price And if you can do that and you have a great goalie or a very good goalie, then it's going to help you win games. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Something like that. One of the things that Crawford used to talk about is he used to be like, get out of, he he would be like, I'd like my defenders to get out of my way for the like easy shots, the shots that are from far away so that I can see them. And then me as a goaltender. And then I have to trust them to clear the pucks when I'm doing rebounds. So that's a. I think that's great because I think Montreal does a pretty good job of that of getting out of Price's way and then helping him by clearing out second chance opportunities.
2: Yeah, totally. And I just will just add real quick. I think you guys would probably agree that during an eighty-two game season, you need the balance of the goalie wins and the you know the defense doing their job.
0: Yes, there was a period in there was a period during um, when. Lankinen was like on fire. That the Blackhawks, there was a lot of talk about the Blackhawks defense doing a little bit better. And it wasn't that they were better per se overall, in terms of like they were better at clearing those second chances. I thought like they got, they were really much better in front of Suban to start than they were Lankinen. And then Lankinen started having some trouble with his rebounding because he was just getting hit by like 40 shots a game. Of course, you're eventually going to be. i like, <laughs>
2: right. right? Yep
0: and the defense was doing better then and it was like okay those are like baby steps but i'm gonna need it to go like way more than that you know? yeah
2: it's like right idea but just let's let's get to where we need to be
0: mm-hmm. consistency that's what yeah. we would we want okay so montreal is youth and defense help your goaltender out right what about vegas
2: Well, this is Shepard's area. So he'll probably have yeah. a better idea.
1: I think just every, everything, um, everything but the coach. Right. Again, I, I again, <laughs> I kind of have issues with Pete DeBoer in terms of his adjustments, but yeah, like, I mean, the fourth line is not something I want. I don't want Ryan Reeves on the team, but like their top three, three lines are like Alex Tuck on the third and like just deep all the way down. Uh, yeah, their and their defense too, especially now that Alex Petrangelo is actually playing better everything about them.
0: I like their line combinations. I think yeah. I think their lines are balanced very well. Um we had that controversial quote from JC like at one point I can't even remember if it was last year or this year where he pretty much was like it's not about line chemistry. And yeah. you're like, well, some of it is about <laughs> line chemistry. Obviously line chemistry matters in the NHL. Otherwise, they wouldn't give ridiculous names to lines like you know, the triplets or, you know, the seventies line or the perfection line or the red wedding line. The Red
2: wedding line is like the sickest name ever.
0: Yeah. You're not oh. going to, you're not going to give nicknames to pairings or lines that are like iconic to a team. If those types of things don't matter in hockey The and French
2: hockey, connection.
0: Yeah. Hockey is such a, it's such a team sport that of course that shit matters. And it kind of was insulting that the coach was like, (laughs) anyway, Vegas, I think does a good job of their minds are very balanced and they have made decent swaps if they needed to.
2: Yeah. I'll say too, again, like I said with Montreal, like some of the defensive play after having to adjust, especially against Colorado, I'd like to see that like strategic uh, defensive play. Uh, but like Shepard said, pretty much everything except for Ryan Reeves and those gold helmets. <laughs> everything
0: yeah. except for the gold helmets.
2: The gold jerseys I'm okay with. The gold helmet, though, is, like, rough.
0: I can I think it was.
1: Yeah, if it was just, like, like the yellowish gold, I think. It's, it's yeah, like,
2: flat, like, not, not shiny. Yeah. Yeah, totally.
0: Um, okay, how about Tampa. For me, it's speed.
1: Yeah. I want their, their defense. Speed. Give me their defense.
0: And I don't mean I th- their guys. We mean their skill.
1: Yeah.
2: I think the speed and like, like, like kind of like you brought up earlier, the way that they're able to use their speed to tilt the ice and actually cycle. It's not all about the rush. Their speed is a weapon in multiple ways, 200 feet. Yep. So I'm with you.
0: Um. Yeah, I don't need my defenders to be. They're so smart with their passing. The yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah.
2: It's like video game passing. It's like honestly beautiful to watch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so good. And the fact that they stole Servachev from Montreal for nothing, essentially to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even yeah.
0: We, we talk about uh, Colorado stealing players, but Tampa has stolen. Some good ones too um okay and new york the least exciting of the teams but one of the best too so
2: um i'm with i'm kind of on the page of like i want the coaching not necessarily the style but the ability to see what you have and then figure out how to make it work yeah
1: that to get that buy-in too um right into the system because you you don't but if the islanders are the islanders if no if not hundred percent of their players a hundred percent by him.
0: Um I want their top two defenders.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Pelican and Pulak, yeah.
0: You sound like a law firm, but I
2: <laughs> That's sick, the law firm pairing.
0: I yeah, they're so good. Um They're just they're what like Jean Morrison and Oduya were, but Times like a bunch because they're not just they're so good defensively, but they also can get their shit out, but they're not, they're not the offensive pairing with Letty, you know, like that's not their job. Um, but they're just so good at shutting people down defensively. They're smart. They play off each other. They're they are Oh, a little bit closer to Orlov and Niskanen. Oh my God. I'm gonna say his name Mishkanen. wrong. There you go. Um, as we all know, I can't say names. Um, them for the, the, the only pairing on that Washington capitals team that was actually good defense defensively was them. And that's kind of like what these guys are. They're so.
2: Yeah. I think with the buy-in thing, there was like this narrative of Colleton, like getting everyone to buy in and no quit. And I think that's great. Like you need that. But I think kind of my thing too, on the other end is like recognizing like, okay, I have a whole bunch of blue liners, both young and veteran who can't play this style. And it's being, de- it's detrimental to the, to the team.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're right. Cause commoners and are always talking about, well, you know, he must've done something cause they all like bought into a system and it's like, yeah, but there are players that will do nothing but talk positively about their coaches because they like their coach. I mean, players lo- they, like, there are lots of players who like torts and he still wasn't getting the best out of his players sometimes, you know, like sometimes he made them mad and it ran kids out of.
2: Yeah. Out I feel like course. torts is a hothead sometimes. So a lot of the time actually. So I feel like he's kind of hot and cold.
0: Yeah. But, and, then, and then you have the opposite of, cause there were players that would like die for torts. And then there were players that hate. Yeah.
2: Torts. It just depends on who it is. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't, I won't buy in, but I won't buy into a system that works and the coach, the coach really knows his players well enough. And I don't think JC is using all the players to their best ability.
2: Well, that's the thing. And I think people don't realize there's a difference between buying into like the mentality or attitude and like buying into a system because you have to be able to play within that system.
0: And they were all so bad at it.
2: I mean, like the veterans. It's like it's it's fair to say that the young guys are going to have an adjustment period to the NHL in general. But like all of the veterans were having, even even Connor Murphy and Duncan Keith and Dehan. You know, like we harp on Zadora, but those guys made their fair share of mistakes too.
0: Yeah, and Dehan is an interesting example because if you're talking about, because people will be like, "Hey, there," lots of teams play man on man, and it's like, okay, and they play hybrid versions of that, but nobody plays what Chicago plays and nobody plays what Carolina plays. And cause they play a type of man-on-man. They're not the same. They do things differently in them. And Dehan came from a man-on-man system and still was like, couldn't fucking do shit. You know, like he, he, and it's not just injuries that hurt him. Obviously that did, but he wasn't as good in Chicago as he was in Carolina and we, yeah, you have to, yeah, are we, different enough, even though they both are technically some type of hybrid man on man, they were different enough that he was out there going, okay, I got to switch. What am I doing? What, what's happening here?
2: But that's the thing I, I tried to explain to a lot of people. And I drove me crazy is when you play defense like that, you have to be on the same exact page. So that requires having regular partners and then knowing this is where I switch. I do not go there. Like, you know, two guys behind the net by, by design is not a good system.
0: Yeah, the players always got mad whenever somebody would. I think there was one to Murphy, and Murphy was like, well, it's not by design. And then JC's like wish washy answer was like, it's not by design. It's, you know, they make a decision. And it's like, well, if the decision is up to the player, then. But, it, but it's an option, and it's somewhat by design. You're not giving them, like, a concrete, don't do that.
2: Don't. Yeah, or, like, two guys at the same point, too, as, like, on the opposite end of the spectrum.
0: Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, sorry to go off on a tangent. It's just, like, we want to see them play responsible defense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not just, like, oh, this is the same conversation we've had for, like, five months.
0: The Blackhawks have such, like, we're not trying to say that they have, like, the best roster they could have had this last year because I don't, I don't know if even a really good coach, like a great coach, like an established coach came in and just, like, if you just plopped Barry Trots in there, right, you know, and then tried to make them the Islanders, I don't think it would work. Um, I think it might have been better, but I don't think it would have worked. And Trots is a great example. So we're talking about the Islanders and how, because people are like, well, Patrick Kane and Dabrinkit couldn't work in that type of system because that's not the type of players they are. First of all, Dabrinkit could because he yeah. is. But but look at, like, the way that they're using Spardell um, sometimes and then um, Palms a lot because they're, like, shooting them into the zone. I think Trotz would know exactly what to do with the Patrick Kane. Yeah,
2: well, look at that's his right. Caps team that they won with.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean... It's
2: Patrick Kane's going to be a weapon on any team. That's that's like, you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. And Tampa's a really great defensive team, but they Kucherov doesn't play defense very well and they let him do what he needs to do. And he's their best offensive player by far. So, yeah, I I think you could plop Kane to bring it on any of these teams and they'd be great. I think you could drop Kubali. I think you could drop a lot of these players and these coaches would know how to use them better.
2: Um, Yeah, agreed.
0: So especially think, Kubelik yeah Kubelik's ice time is just so weird to me
2: him and Khrushchev man it's just ugh
0: I can understand Khrushchev a little bit better because he's a young guy but I don't understand Kubelik even when was playing even when he was playing for, on the top line with Taves he wasn't getting top line minutes he was getting at most second line minutes which
2: no and he's been consistently good in both ends like good enough to earn that
0: time yeah
2: but what do we know? We just write about the team. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we don't have any coaching experience, though. Up until a couple years ago, we had as much <laughs> North America. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> That's always yeah. another point that people love to bring up. They're like, well, he's an actual coach. And it's like, I'm OK, <laughs> that's true. That's factually true. But does he doesn't really have that much experience? Let's.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to say that I'd be a better coach by any means. I just think that because we are fans of the team and we want to, you know, we want to have conversation about it. We have to point out the flaws that we're recognizing uh, that are coming in patterns. It's not just random, you know, it's the same shit over and over. Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, we'll bring it back to the, these four. Let's, Let's make a prediction. Who do you think is going to win Tampa, New York? Who do you think is going to win Montreal, Vegas?
1: Any? Uh, I mean, they're well, they're not doing well today, but Tampa, uh, they just lost two to one. Yep. Um, and Tampa, Tampa, Vegas.
2: Okay. See, like I want to, I want to say Tampa, Vegas, but I feel like, despite me, the universe is going to take us back to the seventies, and it's going to be Islanders versus versus montreal and it might be the most boring final
0: ever i don't i wonder if they would be that boring because yeah maybe be, not they wouldn't be as bad as the jets in montreal which was like watching paint dry um,
2: yeah i mean like i don't know i i kind of tend to agree with Shepard just because it's hard to like when you look at the rosters it's usually like who has more hall of famers at this point you know what i mean like Western Conference Final and Stanley Cup Final are very much like you gotta you gotta have the guys, uh, except when you're the Bruins and you just let the Blues shit on you.
0: <laughs> it's true. Um, I was—they're all super close, but I was reading a tweet that was you know like expected goals are like every you know they're not all exactly the same across the board for different modelers. Um, and top-down hockey has like they rank them and Montreal technically has conference finalists when you rank them by, um, five on five expected goals, for percentage Montreal's top 53.6%. Then it's the Islanders 53.1. Then it's Vegas 53.1. So tied with the Islanders and it's Tampa 52.5. So at this point, I don't, I'm like, it really depends on how which which team executes what they need to do. Obviously, the Islanders executed what they needed to do today, and I think if there was any team that could stop Tampa, it might be the Islanders.
1: Yeah, it's a team that can play defense like the Islanders can. Yep.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think also too with Montreal, they just—I like said it earlier—they got to get that power play going if they want to score on Vegas.
0: I think Vegas yep. is going to beat Montreal. Um, I think Vegas is really good, but I don't like, I think they're better than people who are giving them credit for, but I don't think they're quite up to Vegas's standards yet. Um, and I don't think they have as many surprising players that like to do what the wild did, which was keep Vegas on their toes a little bit more. Um, and Vegas, I think learned from the wild, how to tackle Colorado. Um, I
2: think we all learned from the wild. What to expect next year with the uh, in our division.
0: Capri Sun. I do like watching him play the way that he he's, oh, he's is so interesting to me, the way that he does. Yeah. He's got a, really he's so good
2: fun to watch. He's just, if the, if the Hawks are playing the same defense, he's going to carve them up.
0: The wild fans used to like, whenever the Hawks would beat them in the playoffs, like, you know, almost every year there used to be like on their blog. It was just them being like, we have a good team. But we just don't have any, like, like stars, people that are like clutch offensive people that are just going to blow us out like a cane and then now they do yeah and I was just saying now they do I don't know if their team is built around him yet for them to go on like a real run but at least have someone and I think Boldy's gonna be good too so they've got some kids coming up Um,
2: Chicago's uh, still the state of hockey sorry huh I said Chicago is still the state of hockey
0: Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) that was hilarious I always loved that
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not a state. It's like you're missing the joke because you're mad.
0: <laughs> He's the joke. You're like you are the joke, <laughs> Yeah. yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. So how do you lose up? How do you lose a franchise in Minnesota and then get another one and like not be able to do anything with it?
0: Yeah, I was going to say Georgia had two franchises. Like that's.
2: Yeah.
0: Got to be pretty bad to lose it in Minnesota.
2: So did Winnipeg, but that was because of corporate funding.
0: I mean, technically, the reason. Georgia lost the thrashers had nothing to do with like, obviously the, the fans, they couldn't get capacity up because they're, they, but the whole story with that is that the people who own Phipps at the time, that's now state farm didn't yeah. want a team there ever. And so they actually did have higher bids to keep them local, but they still sold them for less money because they just didn't want them there. They didn't think they'd make money. Um, yeah. It
2: wasn't the same thing as the flames. It was totally like it's own Cause it was a yeah. different
0: era. Uh, yes, it was totally like self-sabotage from the inside because there were two Braves players. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head that wanted to buy the Thrashers as a joint, like retired Braves players.
2: Probably Chipper Jones and, and Andrew Jones or something. It
0: wasn't <laughs> Chipper, but it was, I can't find it. One of them wasn't a hall, wasn't like a Hall of Famer, which you would call a Hall of Famer. Chipper one Jones of
2: them schmaltz. schmaltz.
0: Might have been, actually, but I don't... Chipper Jones has a house in my mom's town. I'm actually, like, a mile away from where he owns a home.
2: That's awesome. He was great. Um, anyway. I think, yeah, I think just to uh, put a lid on on the thoughts with, with the Final Four, I think it's kind of open-ended, like, to be honest. Like, it's going to be an actual interesting round because we haven't seen any of these teams play each other yet.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, I just... I think the Lightning and Tampa, uh, not Tampa is Lightning, Betsy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Lightning and Islanders will maybe butt heads a little bit more than Montreal and Vegas will. But
2: yeah, I some team like, wearing blue is definitely coming out of that.
0: I feel, <laughs> I feel bad You're for saying that. I actually really like Montreal, but um, I actually, even though I really like Colorado, I had. In my bracket, I had Vegas beating Colorado. So my bracket is off by one, and that's because of uh, Winnipeg and Edmonton. I thought Edmonton would get past Winnipeg, but would lose to Montreal. And I had Montreal getting past Toronto as a, I just want chaos. Yeah. (laughs) So right now I'm one off. Obviously, I'm not anywhere near correct on games, but.
1: (laughs) I don't think anybody (laughs) is. No. (laughs) This year
2: was such a crap shoot.
0: I kind of want the Islanders to win and then, then play Vegas. I think that would be a really interesting final.
1: But I mean, like the Islanders system is something Vegas is growing intimately familiar with between Minnesota and now Montreal, where like these teams are like just preventing defense. Yeah. Um, they, See, the Golden Knights will have gone through two, two teams who do the same style of hockey.
2: If somehow Montreal pulled it off and won the cup, which is very, very hard. But like if they did, the Leafs fans would have a fucking meltdown again. And Twitter would be nuts. And I'm kind of like, I don't really hate on anybody or fan bases like that, but I just kind of would love to see their reaction. Or if they went to the final, lost. Because that would be the other way
0: around. That would be fun. Yeah. I love chaos. So, you know, I have no um, like feelings of like, I like this team better than the other of any of these teams. The only thing that I know is that I like the least offensive team in terms of like player personnel to me is the Islanders because they're so benign. And then Tampa's a little annoying. Um, Kudrov's a lot dirtier than people give him credit for. Um, He's a little bit more sand. Okay. And but I like Coleman, and I like a bunch of other players, so, I'm like, uh, I don't know. And yeah,
2: it's mostly non-offensive teams for the most part, though.
0: Yeah, overall, but I actually think Tampa's the most offensive, like, in terms of, like, those players yeah. kind of, they, they cross the line a little bit.
2: More. Yeah, and when you're, like, the defending cup champ, too, people are going to magnify those things. They're going to actually, like, pay attention to it. It's true.
0: And it so. might have been that we were paying attention to it more because we were in our division
2: they kicked the shit on the Hawks like what seven times six times I think one was close
0: well they won once that they didn't deserve but they also should have won a different game I remember being like oh everybody shootout yeah it was like the one game that the Hawks was really 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 good in and you were like oh they deserved to win this game and then they didn't I think they lost in overtime and then the next game they played they beat them in the shootout and you were like that's hockey karma or something.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like with Tampa, I kind of expected something like that, but there's no way they should give given up 15 points to the friggin' uh, Predators. No. That was abominable. Like, oh, I'm going to puke thinking about it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: That's okay. So essentially, we're like, Blackhawks can learn a lot from all of these teams. Um, we list the out more you know. things. Yeah. The, these good teams that made it to the Final Four, the, the really bad Blackhawks could learn from. Yes, um, but obviously, it all comes down to skill. Let your youth shine, because I think that's true on most of these teams. Because Bardell's not that old, and you know that kind of stuff. And obviously, no, yeah. a older, but they let Kucherov shine when he was younger. So, and point who is small and stuff like that. It's yeah. not about size; it's about how you use. Your skill and size, um, yeah, and making sure your players match your system better—all things the Blackhawks need improvement on.
2: <laughs> yeah, from uh, I mean, I, I think that's totally fair, and um, hopefully, obviously, we want them to add a little bit more skill, but it's a lot, a lot of it's play style and things like that. So,
0: yeah, I'm excited for next steps because I think I'm hoping Hegel. Is um like that he improves his shot? I think if he improves his shot, he could be a good third line player, possibly higher than that. I don't know. it's gonna keep getting better. kulik's gonna keep getting better. I think Kucherov's gonna keep getting better. Um, Zorov
2: was good at Worlds.
0: Hopefully Zorov isn't Zorov isn't on the Blackhawks. <laughs> mm. Um. I think it's going to be like another year before I think next year should be another development year. And the year after that they shoot for, cause like Vlasic might be ready by then. I don't know if he will be, cause he'll be coming straight from school, but maybe, I mean, he looks some guys are last year, right? Yeah.
2: It's a very hit or miss with that, with coming like college guys, but you know, yep. we'll see.
0: And I think next year's UFA for defensemen, especially is better than this year. So if they were going to swing for something, other than Hamilton.
2: Yeah. We all want, we all want Douglas.
0: He'd be nice. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Shepard? No, I'm good. <laughs> We've said it all. We're yeah. at end. That's it.
1: All right. Uh, that's it for Monday morning. Deep dish this week. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Um, talking about something. Uh, signing off for for mill who's at mill 182 on twitter uh and lbr who's lbr on second city com. uh have a good week bye guys go hawks yeah go hawks go hawks